Baroonies Hotel and Grill is the perfect spot to catch the game on one of our 20 flat screen TVs and selecting of more than 300 beers. Head to our website for our full menu and daily food specials such as our 50 cent wings on Sundays. Everybody and welcome back to the Steelers cast on timesonline.com. We're here today at Baroonies in Baden on Dust Avenue, and we're talking all things Steelers. I'm Chris Bradford with Chris Mueller. We're recapping a little bit about the uh, Steelers' last victory, a uh, week five win over the New York Jets, 31-13. to It wasn't uh, necessarily a masterpiece, but I think the Steelers will take it. I think they did everything they uh, sought out to do. Just your th- general thoughts after that one. Uh, you definitely take it from a defensive perspective. The Steelers hold the Jets scoreless in the second half uh, and really played sound football against Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Jets offense. Ross Cockrell was battling uh, with Brandon Marshall all day. And, you know, you, you like to see that. It was kind of the second consecutive game after the blunder in Philadelphia that the, that the Steelers defense showed up to play, you know, building off that Chiefs performance uh, into into this week. So, you know, it was, it was a definitely a good sign. Yeah, I thought uh, especially when – uh, Cam Hayward went down. We'll get into Hayward's injury a little bit later, but when Hayward went down, it seems like the yeah. Steelers were able to rally behind their uh, injured teammate, their captain, the leader of that defensive group, shut down New York the rest of the way. Obviously, that's not a New York Jets team that's going to, you know, anybody's going to confuse with uh, being a great offense. Uh, I think the one disappointment, maybe selfishly, was, you know, when you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, he had the, the 10 interceptions, you figure uh, this is going to be a chance for the Steelers to really pad some stats and get a few picks on Fitzpatrick. Never really happened, but I think Ross Cockrell, the yeah. job he did against Brandon Marshall, the one touchdown, you know, not his fault. I think that's just a, a very tall receiver making a really hell of, hell of a good play. Uh, I think other than that, it was what you want to see from that uh, Steelers defense. Yeah, and you like even with Hayward out, the pass rush. The Steelers uh, get three sacks, you know, for, again, the second consecutive game after they uh, hadn't registered, you know, a lot of sacks in the first part of the season. But, I mean, offensively speaking, Ben Roethlisberger, he's really he, – he reaches 15 touchdowns in five games. He had four touchdowns against the, against the Jets. I think he's making an early argument for – as an MVP candidate. Oh, I think you – know, certainly. I think when you're looking at league-wide, you know, a lot of people are talking about Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Yeah. And he's certainly having a good season. But I, I think, for my money, it is Ben Roethlisberger. I think some talk on the radio today the past few days after after the game about is this Ben Roethlisberger's you know, best season or is he playing the best football of his career? I'm not quite ready to go that far after just five games. You know, you look, the Philadelphia game was a disaster, but it was for everybody. Uh, but he is certainly playing very good football. Yeah, and I mean, what what exactly would you attribute that to? Would you attribute it? I was thinking about this. Is it how much does it have to do with kind of uh, another year in Todd Haley's offense with a lot of more, you know, another year with more weapons around him or the fact that he's kind of come in, come in this season in tremendous shape? You know, do you think that has any play in it? I know we say it every year, oh, Ben Roethlisberger's down, you know, with his weight. But this year I think it was a significant uh, difference in what we've seen in the past. I think the thing with Roethlisberger, and it kind of touches on both of those things, is at 34 he's – you know, young enough to still have a lot of his physical skills. I don't think he's, you know, as fast as he was maybe as a rookie, but I think, you know, that knee injury he suffered in that bike accident very early on took away his maybe how fast he is, but he's still quick. He's still nimble in the pocket. He can still dodge guys, you know, for a big man. I think he, he moves around very well. And, and at, at his age, he thinks the game probably better than he ever has. So he right. knows he's very familiar with the offense at this point. He's got a great offensive line in front of him. That certainly helps. That's maybe the most important thing. And don't, and don't discount, you know, having Antonio Brown, you know, possibly the best receiver in the game. Exactly. And, you know, that opens up a lot of possibilities for him. Then you have Le'Veon Bell. 
and then Sammy Coates and Martavis Bryant when he was playing. But, you know, he has a lot of weapons around him, and I think that makes him that much better of a quarterback. You know, and how long can this last? I don't know. He has had a lot of injuries. He missed some time last year. But I'd, I'd like to think that he could still play at this level for maybe another two years. Right. And I think the Steelers will take that. Some, something to note, he had only f- he only had four touchdowns uh, before he got hurt in the first two – last season in the first two games, and then he goes down with the knee injury in week three. But then also in 2014, through his first four games, he only had six touchdowns. So I think he's off to a, a, a faster start than in years past. And um, everything you just said, I think he's well on his way. Matt Ryan's looked pretty well, pretty good as well, though. Well, he does have a Julio Jones guy, Julio Jones guy, yeah. but th- that certainly helps. But uh, we mentioned the Steelers now at four and one. That's their best start since 2010. That was the last time, uh, of course, they went to the Super Bowl, uh, losing that year to the Green Bay Packers in Dallas. Looking at things now, and I know it's early, but you got to say this does have the looks and the feel of a team that a lot of people thought was going to go to a Super Bowl this year, and uh, they're looking at. Yeah, it's the fourth time in Mike Tomlin's tenure they've started four and one. Uh, on the season and it's really I mean you look after the Philadelphia game I didn't think I think a lot of people were puzzled and like uh oh how is this going to go are they going to drop again to two and two is this kind of a a sign of more uh worse things to come but they rebound with two great wins like you know two Mm -hmm. solid wins against the Chiefs are a little better opponent than the struggling Jets but I mean I I think they've kind of placed in everybody's mind again that this is a Super Bowl contender yeah, obviously, those were two good wins. Uh, this week, obviously, it might be a different story. We'll get into the uh, Miami Dolphins a little bit later. But these, these two wins that they had against the Chiefs, who, again, we think are, are kind of a second-tier team below the, you know, the Steelers and the Patriots of the AFC. And then the Jets, a team that I think, you know, still on paper could make, you know, possibly, maybe not now, but yeah. in the beginning more. of the season. But, you know, at the beginning of the season, everybody kind of thought they might be a playoff team. A team uh, game away last year from making the playoffs. Exactly. But now, I guess, looking at more small Smaller picture is the Steelers are 4-1. and one. Looks like they have a, a stranglehold now on the AFC North. I think that's been one of the goals uh, for this season was to make sure that they, they have this fast start so they don't have to worry about, you know, the, the Jets losing a game in Week 17. They've been able to put a little bit uh, a space between themselves and the Ravens and the Bengals, you know, the two teams that are expected to, to push the Steelers in the AFC North. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, another key to this fast start has been, I mean, since Le'Veon Bell has come back, I mean, he's been tremendous. I mean, I don't think people, we all know how good he is, but I think he's kind of surprised with how fast, and there's been no turnover rate from his uh, uh, MCL tear a year ago. I mean, I saw this stat today. He leads the NFL over the last two games with 322 yards from scrimmage in his two games back. Yeah. You know, no one has that much of a two uh, two game span. And I think as good as Bell has been, I don't even think he's, you know, even at his peak yet. I think, you know, he's had two, you know, pretty good games, you yeah. know. But I think he's there's still another level, particularly in, in running with the ball, that I'd like to see him, you know, maybe have that, uh, what, would he have 120 in his first game back against Kansas City? Right Something there, in, yeah. in, that, in that ballpark, you know. He has 210 rushing yards in his last two games, which ranks sixth. So yeah. also pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, I think we, he only had 66 uh, last against the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, you know, room for him to grow. And, the room for this offense still to keep getting better because you, you're know, looking down, you know, a few weeks down the road, it looks like you could have Ladarius Green coming back. And when he's there and then you have Bell at that point probably at, at 100%, truly at 100%, mm-hmm. it gets scary how good that offense can be. And you have Sammy Coates coming along. Yeah, I, I just don't – I'm not ready to – how good do you think Ladarius Green will actually be? I mean, I think there's a lot of overhype around him a little bit now, like that he's going to come in and be this dynamic tight end right off the bat. The guy has not played football in a very long time. 
And and I mean he's not he hasn't had he doesn't have any uh chemistry with Ben Roethlisberger yet. He hasn't called a pass from him. No, that that is a very valid point. Yeah. Touche. I will take that. I uh I still think, you know, that when they sign him, they sign him for a reason and they're yeah. looking for him to do great things and, you know, I just want to see him on the field before I make any determination of you know where he is in terms of his uh, physical conditioning, his chemistry with Ben Roethlisberger. I just want to see this guy because I think, as Roethlisberger said uh, during training camp, or maybe it was even in the spring in OTAs, you know this guy's a Ferrari that's been in the garage, and we just want to see this what this guy can do. Yeah, I'm not a big car person, but I definitely agree with that. Now let's get into Sammy Coates a little bit, real quick. I mean, you know, have you ever seen anyone have such a good game, but then such a, you know, not a bad game, but have a, as so many mistakes as he did in one kind of outing like that? No, it was a very bipolar performance. I can't say all in one game. And that was, you know, I think the, the comparison to Martavis Bryant is always there because it's a young receiver, a lot of the same physical skills. But, you know, Martavis always seemed to have, you know, one game up, next game down, and then he's kind of found his way into being a more consistent receiver. I never saw a guy have such a, <laughs> such a you know, Bipolar performance as uh, yeah. Coates did. You know he had the, uh, two touchdown catches, including that first one on the third place scrimmage. Beautiful, beautiful 72-yard streak. Great throw from Roethlisberger on yeah. that one too. But, yeah. but Coates does have the speed to catch up to that kind of ball. And then he has you know three drops for the record, and then I think you probably probably could have had one or two more. I put five. I, I mean I saw five yeah. at least. And then he comes rebounds with a touchdown late. You know in, in the fourth quarter. I mean kind of the the get some, salvage some kind of positives from his performance. But, I mean, obviously he had a cut on his hand. He claims that it had nothing to do with the drops. I kind of tend to disagree. I think he it might have – he might have had not had as much feeling. I mean, he, he required stitches at right. halftime. I'm sure it did have some effect, but I don't think he's going to get any sympathy. He certainly wasn't getting any from uh, his coach, uh, uh, Mike Tomlin. You, you know, Mike was being the hard ass, you know, given the, you know, I don't I'm care not, what happened. Not uh, looking for excuses. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I kind of saw it. And that's kind of where the other similarity that stands out to me between him and Martavis Bryant is both the victim of some tough love from the quarterback and especially the head coach kind of, you know, kind of poo-pooing all these, you know, excuses as uh, Tomlin would call him. I think they need that. And I mean especially Coates. I think they're cuz they see his ability and they mm-hmm. see the potential in him and they're really uh they're trying to push him. They're trying to push him forward not even in consistency in the uh in the catches in the, in the route running and kind of, you know, his overall game, you know, the blocking aspect, things that we don't always see. I think that they really want to, you know, they see how good he can be, but it's just a matter of getting him there. All right, well that'll do it uh, for a recap of last week's game. Now we'll be moving forward talking about uh, this week's Upcoming game against the 1-4 Miami Dolphins. That game will be in Miami. Uh, we'll be talking with Louis D. Sung. He is a, a contributing writer to the Dolphins Wire on, by USA Today. Uh, we'll be getting a little bit of an out-of-town perspective on them. Uh, stay tuned. When we come back, we'll be talking to him. Welcome back to the Steelers cast on TimesOnline.com. Chris Bradford and Chris Mueller. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the Miami Dolphins before we bring in our guest. Dolphins, of course, 1-4, and four, coming off a pretty bad loss to a Tennessee Titans team that's not very good either. Mm-hmm. This is a, a, a game that I think the Steelers should win. Uh, to get a little bit of a perspective on the Dolphins, we'll talk to Louis D. Sung. Uh, Louis, first question we have for you is basically what's going wrong down there this season? Why the 1-4 and four start? Thank you. 
intensity, the, the, the defensive line, you got you see guys like Indominus Sue and Cameron Blake, they are they can't do it all. They need help from other players and they're not getting it. You see the offensive line, they I'm sure you've seen the news by now that uh that that uh, Adam Jason decided to pretty gut the offensive line and say farewell to three players who um, by and large are identified as building players, but I'm saying you look at that roster, you see some pieces there. Uh, you know, and Damagong Su and you know Byron Maxwell, Jordan Cameron. It looks like they have some pieces there. It just doesn't look like it seems like it's very well constructed. There's no uh, chemistry there. Gase was obviously a, a hot commodity on the coaching carousel over the offseason. But uh, in your opinion, do you think he's made any kind of rookie mistakes or, you know, first-year head coach mistakes so far with the Dolphins? Well, I don't know if he's made a rookie mistake. He's made one team that he's probably done a lot that he's been trying to do this instead of running back and trying to find out Speaking of the rushing game, uh, obviously Arian Foster, he's a player that's been a thorn in the Steelers' side in the past from his days with, in Houston. But, I mean, uh, as you said, the Steelers are struggling in the, in the rushing game. Do you feel it's part of that offensive line that they just parted ways with? Is it uh, the running back carousel? And why do you think Arian Foster's real overall production isn't uh, is down in, in Miami? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think that the 
and don't uh, kind of look ahead to the Patriots game or, or kind of come in with a little bit too much confidence after a two-game win streak. They got to play sound football. They got to, you know, sure up. They got to uh, act like this is an AFC North game, you know, and in their preparation this week and how they uh, lead into the game and then ultimately how they, they handle it. Yeah, the Steelers uh, certainly have, have some issues along the injury front. But this is a game, you know, going to South Beach, Miami. You know, it's a chance to do it. Maybe you got some girlfriends down there. Yeah. You know, some that. You bring up a good point. I know you're going to be writing about this. Uh, there's a lot of players with home to, with Miami roots, with players that you know on the Steelers roster. You know, obviously uh, you can go into them in detail, but I mean, you look down a lot of their skill position players come from uh, the Miami Dade area. You know, which is really a hotbed for uh, football players. Yeah, obviously you have Antonio Brown first and foremost. He's from uh, Norland High School there in Miami. Then you also have uh, Eli Rogers. Uh, Northwestern, Artie Burns, also from Miami Northwestern High School. Yeah, it would be a bit of a homecoming. You don't want to get away from the distractions, you know, get the, yeah. the tickets out, see the family real quick, and then get back to football. Uh, shouldn't be a problem. This is a game the Steelers, I think, certainly should win. Our other key to victory is Jarvis Landry, or stopping Jarvis Landry, the Dolphins receiver. I think, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, he might be the most talented guy they have. He's in his prime. 
again, we mentioned that the Dolphins do have some pieces, but I think this is the one piece, you know, for the future that they, they'd like to build with. Yeah, and I think it really comes down to Ross Cockrell, again, having a, uh, another major role, you know, in Jarvis Landry, kind of limiting him. We don't know how much he'll shadow uh, Landry, but we saw it a week ago with Brandon Marshall. They were battling back and forth. I mean, Cockrell was the main uh, player on A.J. Green, and I don't know about you, but I've seen, I mean, obviously he's still raw, he's still young. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think, like, down the line he could be kind of a, a, a little bit of a lockdown corner, especially with his size and athleticism. Well, he certainly has the size. I think Artie Burns, you know, it might be that guy, but I think yeah. if the Steelers, you know, with Will Gay, now 31 years old, he'll be 32, I believe, at the end of the season, you know, maybe the Steelers look at Ross Cockrell in a whole different light than, than they were looking at him, you know, just Earlier. a year ago, yeah. you know, when he you got brought off the scrap heap from the Buffalo Bills, you know, that maybe those could be their two corners and, you know, a lot to like so far from what you've seen from uh, certainly Ross Cockrell. And I think the other key to victory moving along is replacing Cam Hayward. He's going to miss his uh, first game of his career. Went down last week with a hamstring injury. Uh, it looks like the early timeline looks like he could miss two to three weeks, which wouldn't be so bad other than it'll be against New England, would be the second week, and then the Steelers will have the bye after that. But Cam Hayward brings a lot to that Steelers defense and not just you know the sacks that he can bring. Yeah, and Mike Tomlin said today it's kind of be going to be a by-committee uh, replacement. I mean, he usually does say that, but I mean, I'd, I'd expect a lot of Javon Hargrave, a lot of Ricardo Matthews, but we saw a week ago uh, Hargrave shifted in and pass rushing situations alongside to it. Uh, he got his highest snap count of the season, and I think they're going to kind of throw him out in the fire, maybe a little baptism by fire situation, uh, especially from a pass rushing standpoint. I, I don't know about you. I mean, he was a sack machine in college at uh, South Carolina State, but I'd like to see him get on the sack list. Yeah, it would certainly be nice. I, I listened to Tom when he was talking about uh, – that by committee thing, it'll be a mix of guys. I'm like, nah, it's going to be Javon Hargrave. That's, yeah. why, that's why they drafted the kid in the third round. He looks like he's ready to uh, step up and really show the, the NFL what he can do. I yeah. like what we've seen so far from him. Yeah, I think uh, in a, when it, if they're in a 3-4 base, he'll move the nose or Carter Matthews will come in. But other than that, if it's nickel-dime, I think they keep primarily Hargrave out there. Yeah, and uh, the chance of them playing base anymore. I guess Tannehill, not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. So maybe yeah. Ricardo Matthews might play 10 15% of the snaps. But uh, I think the Steelers like where they are at the defensive line position, and you really couldn't have said that uh, going into training camp. I think a lot of people looked at the defensive line as really a liability outside of Tewitt and Hayward. Now it looks like Javon Hargrave is starting to pan out, and this Ricardo Matthews that they brought in from free agency from San Diego, he's been a nice addition, certainly an improvement over Camp Thomas, who uh, struggled in his short time here in Pittsburgh. So I think the Steelers like where they are. It'd be tough to replace Cam Hayward, but if you got to do it, yeah. Could be worse. And they have a lot of veteran leadership already on that defense, as Hayward said after the game. You know, Lawrence Timmons, Will Gay, Mike Mitchell, they're not at a shortage for players that have been around the block, have weathered storms before uh, in their careers. But, I mean, let's go prediction. What are you thinking? I am going to go Steelers, and I am going to say they definitely get their 30. I, I'm looking at last week's score, and I'm thinking that sounds about right. I'm going to yeah. say 34-14. Going with a route. I'm, yeah. I'm going with a route. I'm going 41-17. I think, yeah, I think Ben continues to build. He really makes a case, says I'm MVP, uh, and kind of puts up numbers against a Miami secondary. And, I mean, I know you've you've checked into the Philadelphia Eagles over the last few years, and Byron Maxwell just, you know. Brutal. Bust. Major He, he was good bust. in Seattle, and then he, he was Legion of Doom guy when he went it, to Philly, and it sucked. Yeah, Legion of Boom, not yeah. Legion of Doom. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> got my wrong Philadelphia yeah. Legion. But exactly, that's the thing. Like he, I think he made himself look a little bit better than he was when he's playing alongside Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas, you know, and Cam Chancellor in that defense. 
And sometimes that happens. But yeah. uh, I think we're both in agreement then that the Steelers will improve to 5-1. and one, And then, yes. of course, they will have the specter of the New England Patriots coming here with Tom Brady. That should be a hell of a ball game. I'm not look, trying to look ahead. You know, as I said, the Steelers can't look ahead to that game. We can. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, Tom Brady versus Ben Roethlisberger at Heinz Field in prime time. I it's mean, not I, a prime time. It's a 425. Oh, it is. Yeah. It will, regardless, it doesn't get better than that. Late afternoon, know? Sunday late afternoon. I'm going to definitely be looking forward to that one. Of course, not overlooking the Miami Dolphins. We'll have more about the this week's game with the Dolphins. We'll be doing a video. And, on, you, and you're making the trip to South Beach. And I will, well, Fort Lauderdale. Close enough, <laughs> but but uh, I'll be staying by the airport, so okay. Uh, don't know you, if I'll be hitting all the hot spots. Yeah, are you gonna hit uh hit hit the beach at all, or, or maybe? I think I'm a know, few club, miles inland. Club scene? Nah, probably not. <laughs> no, I will be uh, enjoying my Saturday night in uh, Miami, but I have to get up early to prepare for, of course, the Miami Dolphins, who are not looking past. But uh, we'll have a video later this week talking about the Steelers, their injuries, what they might be doing uh, for this week's game against the Dolphins. I'll be tweeting during the game and. Uh, Hope I'll be tweeting from my couch. He'll be tweeting from the couch. <laughs> I'll, I'll be at uh, the Hard Rock Stadium, which looks very nice, by the way. They did a nice renovation there. $425 million reno on the place. It looks beautiful. Have, have you ever covered a game at Miami I've before? never been down there. Nice. I've nice. been to Miami, but not to the Dolphin Stadium. So it'll be a first for me. So looking forward to it. Uh, keep following us online at timesonline.com and on Twitter. I am at BCT Bradford. Chris, I'm you are? At by Chris Mueller. At by Chris Mueller. And there you go. So stay tuned to next week. Uh, We'll catch you then.